0: everybody, welcome. Hope you're well. It's that that time of year again. It's nearly Christmas. And um, yeah, it's a funny old time. It's a funny old time. But um, we won't dwell on that. It's um, nice to be back. It's been a few couple of weeks since I've had time to do anything, to be honest with you. Um, it's, yeah, it's been quite a busy time, really. Um, I'm just gonna turn off this fan. <coughs> so noisy. So hope you well. Ugh. It's been a, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting few weeks, um, and yeah, this episode was just. Well, I was just thinking, you know, what was there to talk about, really? Um, and it was just what came to mind was, I suppose, what's relevant, what's been important for me in the last couple of weeks with, with drumming, you know. And uh, the thing that's dominated everything has been um, new things, new things. And uh, and also trying to get some old things finished. Uh, this is like recording stuff, you know, and that's been really hard work because um, I always find myself finding like a kind of a, a balance at these kind of times. Quite challenging when you're in the midst of learning new things. I always feel like um, like hanging up you know, hanging up my gloves, so to speak, and saying, I'm not going to play. I'm just going to practice. Uh, and, you know, this last kind of nine months has been, um, that's kind of been an enforced thing, and and, that, and it still continues, you know. There's nothing, nothing remarkably different going on um, in the rest of the world. But in my world, because I, you know, decided to have some lessons again, um... I had some targets, you know, deadlines, things to specific things to work on, um, you know, and to be accountable to somebody else, and uh, that's been yeah, it's been really interesting. But I, and I've and I've been really excited by that. I think in the last episode, I was kind of you know talking a bit about that. Um, but I wanted to yeah, let's talk about this week about what's on the music stand. So that beginning segment there is very typical of what's been going on at the moment. Um, I kind of have three sources of information at the moment, um, which are which are kind of one is f- some stuff I got from the, the from the lesson that I had, um, which I'll talk about a bit later in the podcast, just about the kind of the, what the general gist of that stuff is. Um, one thing is. Something that I've been working on for a while, but I've been trying to uh, kind of get a deeper understanding of it, um, specifically with the metronome, and kind of try to reconcile some exercises which I've practiced a lot in a different um, in a different way, you know. Uh, and that's I've been coming back to that a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, and then third source. He's a, a very a very good friend of mine um, who I spoke to today, actually. And uh, that exercise I was just playing then is, is a very interesting exercise because if you listen back to that beginning segment, what you should hear is um, cascara on two different beats of the bar. You should hear it one beat ahead of the other. And um, my friend Sergio, um Galado, which I was, I was talking to today, he was he was showing me some of these exercises, um, which are you know building up sort of core inner understanding and strength and coordination within uh, within Latin styles, you know this kind of uh, Central American style, West African music, really, but you know. Um, he has a he has an amazing understanding of of rhythms from all all parts of the world. I'm always um, really fascinated by his um, his understanding of rhythm and and his and the way the way he he understands how it all fits together. You know, um, he has a far far deeper understanding than I do. But I've learned a lot from him. And today he gave me three things to to. And we were chatting on. Um, on whatsapp he was um he's uh, in a dominican republic at the moment he's been there been trapped there for quite a long time because of the covid crisis and um, he's been trying to get back home to uh, venezuela and um we spoke uh, by text over the last six months on and off um and he's someone that i um i get to hopefully get to see once a year he's very very good friends with a, it with a, with a very good old friend of mine Lee Mullen a great percussionist drummer who I've known for a long long time Lee and he's a dear friend of mine and uh, Lee knows some amazing people you know and I'm very lucky I feel very blessed to know Lee well you know and, and to know some of the people that he knows he's introduced some really fascinating people over the years but one of the most interesting people I've ever met is Sergio. And uh, so we chatted on the phone today on WhatsApp. It was great to chat to him. And uh, I was just talking about practicing and coordination and stuff. And he's got his knack of really doing my head in, you know, because he'll, he'll be straight into some uh, exercise or some kind of pattern that will tax me, you know. and And it's part of the culture of the way in which... Uh, people have studied those Latin rhythms that central American rhythms cascada clavimpa uh salsa rhythms or mambo or whatever um i don 't know a huge amount about it but the the way in which they practice is is very uh it 's ritualistic it's it's about really getting the patterns into the muscle memory so they become just unconscious so it 's really through that kind of um conscious incompetence to unconscious competence you know. It's very much through those four stages. And uh, and that's what I've really been doing um, a lot of for the last few months, but particularly in the last few weeks, you know. And it's been a really interesting journey, getting really back into sort of committing to practising some exercises, very much on that level of, um, of trying to get through the pain barrier of the, the, the incompetent competence. <laughs> and all that stuff, honestly. Sorry about that. I just wanted to... Oh, I just need to blow my nose. It's very cold up here in the shed. Uh, I've got a hot drink. It's ten past ten and, at night. I've been up here all day, and I was planning to record this earlier on. And uh, it's just been a weird day. There's a lot of things going on. Um, and... Um, yeah, I was kind of... Uh, kind of distracted by a couple of things at work and then I was um also try chat to somebody um who I'm trying to book to do a, to do a master class for it was a great drummer called um, Jason Brown who is um, amazing drummer amazing snare drum player and uh, but amazing jazz just amazing player really really mega um and yeah, so I was basically trying to um, try to chat to him today, which was I did get to speak to him. Um, super super nice guy. Really, yeah, really nice. Got a really warm vibe off um, of him. Um, very down to earth, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, I didn't didn't realise he was actually living in the UK. He's from uh, New York originally i think um certainly spent a lot of time in new york played with a lot of amazing people um but anyway yeah i was trying to i was trying to talk to him today and we kept um and we, we had a chat and I, we wanted to have a longer chat about what he wanted to do and things and talk about some business stuff and but that didn't we didn't get around to that so um and then uh yeah I sort of finished work tomorrow my last day at work's tomorrow and i was and then I ended up talking to Sergio cuz he can't he, he communicate with me and then and then we got into this really heavy thing about rhythm um it was full on and um so i was like yeah spending like today was sort of when you have your head in three different things it's like really really fries your brain you know that kind of day and i wanted to record this uh, just after I finished work today, but I had something at work and it, it didn't really work out. It was a bit of a weird thing and I ended up sort of wasting a bit of time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then when I had my tea and stuff. I, I realised I was really hungry. Anyway, and I had all this stuff going on in my head that, that, um, that Sergio had shown me. And it was like another thing. But the thing that I love about all these exercises, the thing that's really, I'm feeling um very positive for myself about just in in isolations to what they are and trying not to think beyond what they are trying not to get too drawn into the um the magnitude the size of the um the size of the problem you know or the or the size of the the size of the um what am i trying to say the opportunities i suppose Um, You can see it two different ways, can't you? You can say, oh, it's an opportunity. You know, like it's stuff to do, or it's just a nightmare because it's too much stuff to do. And I'm often, you know, a lot of my students have that feeling. Um, And I've got a lot better... I mean, first of all, I've got a lot better at trying to help them not feel like that. But i also got a lot better at that myself. You know, some of it is through having those conversations with them. You know, just the kind of despair that sometimes they come to to lessons because they're so into loads of stuff. You know, they really do a lot of research, a lot listen to a lot of different players, and they listen to lots of music and stuff. And they don't they don't do the rabbit hole thing enough because it's because it's very hard to do that and. and and have that faith in just going down the rabbit hole, you know, and going, actually I'm just going to get into this thing. And uh, and all the things that sort of have been coming to me um, are all linked to the same thing, thank God, you know. Uh, they're all linked to coordination, um, because the weakest element of my playing Um, if I think of the sort of facets of my playing, uh, and you think about your own in this moment, maybe do a little list of them, but, you know, if I think about, okay, um, what do I think is, what I say is a strong thing in my own playing, in my own sort of personality of playing, uh, I would say that my sound is a strong thing. Uh, You know, if I was to say to anybody, Somebody said, "What do you like about your drumming?" You know, I'd say I like my sound, and I'd say I I like my feel, you know, especially when I don't lose control of the ideas. Um, and then the next thing would probably be, um, and it's a, this is this is like a, quite a big area. It's maybe technique. You know, I've got a got a pretty good technique not a great technique but a pretty good technique you know it, it's it's kind of my technique is um i feel like it it's creatively driven you know it facilitates my creativity i think and then i would put next that you know i'm reasonably creative and quite musical quite melodic in the way that i play um you know and i don't i don't think of patterns and stuff like that uh in in, in a way of I mean, in a chopsy way i thinking of them i think of them as kind of sound and texture based to play something fast is to create a long sound you know it's kind of that it's from that philosophy for me you know uh and then i'd sound pretty good with styles you know there's a few styles I don't really know well because I don't really listen to that music, you know, and I don't deserve to, you know, if you don't listen to the music, then you certainly shouldn't know anything about those styles, you know. I mean, so I don't play hip-hop and I don't play reggae well at all. I can play, you know, versions of those things, but they're they're a facade, they're fake, you know. Um, but I've got a pretty good style base you know i play um, i play jazz pretty well and 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 latin styles pretty well i really i love kind of brazilian music and samba kind of feel and bossa and stuff i play that music you know pretty well uh for where i'm from you know um and you know rock and stuff i'm all right at that kind of stuff i've got a rock background so the rock thing still you know i mean i do have a swing in my playing now that you know i find it hard to eliminate so so to speak so when i play things like funk and stuff i don't know it's got quite you know got a nice vibe of funk i don't listen to a lot of funk though so again it feels a little bit of a facade but i've i've listened to a bit of funk in my life and soul music and stuff and al green or something marvin gay you know that kind of stuff soul kind of I a soul drummer i'd say more than the funk i wouldn't say i'm a funk drummer really at all but uh But the one thing on this list that still hasn't appeared is the dreaded coordination, you know. And this links to me right back into technique again. Um, And then there's time. And so the time thing is a really sticky one because I think I have fundamentally good time, but it can be so easily undone by the issues of coordination and so, what's the order of events here? Well, the, the problem is is the lock is losing control of the ideas, you know, or, or playing outside of your headroom, or playing outside of your coordination, or the, your coordinated ability, you know, this unconscious competence thing. You know, some of um, some of the things that I've definitely worked on are now conscious competent things. So they're, they're, they've got a literalness to them, which I'm not hugely happy with to present within playing. They, they don't see the light of day when I play because I won't play in that way, you know. Um, I have this thing with students where I say to them, you should, when you play, when you read, you should sound exactly the same as when you play without, when you're not reading, you should sound like the same player. If you sound like a different player, then something has changed. That is taking you away from who you are, you know. And now, regardless of whether you're reading, you know, uh, a, a jazz trio, uh, sorry, a jazz trio arrangement, or um, you know, a pantomime score, or a pseudo classical jazz orchestral thing, you know, whatever it is, those styles are hugely different you should still sound like yourself you know you shouldn't sound like a literal version of what's coming off the page or a literal version of yourself so i you know i'm i'm pretty aware of this kind of competent uh, conscious competent thing and uh, so this is back to this original thing i was talking about before about i've been trying to reconcile some stuff recording wise and uh, what I noticed happening at the end of last week, as I started recording this track, I want to get finished. It's um, this thing I wrote ages ago in twenty three, and I talked about it in a podcast quite a long time ago. And uh, and I just want to I just want to get I just want to get a take a drum take through this tune. You know, it starts off in sort of in six and a five thing, six six and six 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 and a five. Um and then it goes into uh, four fives and a three it's just different groupings in 23 it's nothing complicated it's quite easy and it's very, it's very quite shuffly and then it's like quite open straight groovy thing it's got two fundamental feels and it's got this kind of shuffly vibe that's kind of the first half of it and then it goes to it's the same division but it goes to a more four in a bar than the three in a bar and I've been doing a load of work with triplets and then groupings of four and so I kind of the reason why I came back to this this piece was like I've been doing loads of work on that stuff this would be a good time to reconcile um get this drum part kind of finished you know get it recorded and then when I was recording last week just had these little glimpses little beautiful little glimpses of um of unconscious competence of some new coordinational things that were creeping into this groove and i played a couple of things that i've never played before when i was when i was tracking this thing you know i didn't even think about it they just came out and then i got caught up in this whole trying to replicate thing you know and i was like ah that was like me actually improvising and it's the first time it's felt like i've done that in a long long time you know Um, and it's because of, you know, practising coordinational exercises that are challenging. Uh, I know how good they are for my own playing. Uh, I'm not trying to be evangelical to anybody else here Uh, because, you know, we've all got our own shit to deal with. We've got our own shit to resolve. Um, But I've long known that the coordination has been a problem you know and uh people that know me and you know say nice things about my plane they're very generous but you know deep down inside there's been a you know a huge what i would say a dissatisfaction with an area because of because of laziness you know and I talked about this in in the previous episode. You know, about laziness and defensiveness, and e- being egocentric, and concentrating on the nice things and not dealing with the problems and all that stuff. You know, and, you know, not doing not doing the hard work of life that like we have to do. You know, we have to do the hard work of life sometimes to get the joys. You know, that come with that. And uh, you know, I think back to being a young drummer and just kind of you know being a natural player. Because I am, you know, and I know that I am. It was something that I knew I was going to be able to do before I even first played the drums. I just, I just knew, I, you know, I could play the drums. How well was not, it's irrelevant. I didn't have that kind of egocentric thing then. You know, I wish I was still, you know, a twelve-year-old pre-drumming person who had no ego but had this thing of just knowing that they could play, you know. And uh, so, anyway, you know, I think back to that that joyous young person and then the laziness that came with that you know because i had i had natural ability and i kind of picked up playing the snare drum quite quickly and i picked up reading quite quickly and got into some quite good snare drum solos quite quickly and that kind of connected some vocabulary that i was listening to with the jazz thing and And then quite quickly, I was like resting on my laurels, you know, oh yeah, great, I can play a few funny, funky things, little cheeky things here, maybe sound a bit interesting, you know, Um, maybe sound a bit different to other people, you know, and what I should have been doing then, really should have been doing, was working hard, you know, really working hard, and it was, yeah, too lazy. Anyway, it's great to have got to a point in life, 50, which I was uh, last week, um, No, the week before last, actually three weeks ago. Blimey, time flies by. But yeah, I was very, anyway, very recently 50. Um, Hallelujah, there you go. But we've got a point in life where I actually really genuinely, you know, into um, the pain of practising. It's great, you know. Um, But yeah, I kind of got, I got really kind of um, disgruntled with doing this drum take because... I got into this thing of like, oh, I've got this other stuff I can play and it's really interesting. Like, oh wow, I'm sort of improvising. And then, and then started to, to sort of beat the crap out of it a bit, you know? Um, and then I came back to it today because I needed, I needed to sort of do a bit more. So I decided after work today, uh, I thought I'm going to, I'm going to spend an hour, uh, building up to doing a take or two, you know? Uh, and yeah, just completely fell out of love with it, you know. But within fifty minutes, I was like, "Ah, it's just feeling inside," you know. Um, so yeah, it's been a funny time. But the backdrop of today was these these exercises that Sergio gave me, and the the thing I was playing at the top is this this method that I one of the methods I use for students when they struggle with coordinating, especially when they start playing jazz drums, when they sort of get into playing swing drums, you know. And I use this method of, of thinking of things as a sticking as opposed to, you know, two different patterns happening at the same time. Or a, a, a flam solo. Uh, and the thing that I was playing you then... Um, when Sergio was saying oh yeah this is this is there's this is rhythm I've got this cascara and then you, you you start playing cascara a beat earlier one crotchet earlier one quarter note earlier and you end up with the you know with with these two rhythms playing at the same time and I was like how the hell am I ever going to get that together and he was playing it to me he was just tapping his chest and he was talking to me on the thing and it was like and he was playing it quite quickly and I was just like wow, okay, that's really interesting. How am I going to get that together? And then I was like, oh, yeah, the flam, the flam approach. Because um, in that style of music, I you know, I always, I always like to hear the open, when anything's played together, the open sound, you know, and something that's basically on an offbeat triplet quaver, essentially, you know, either preceding or after the beat. And so I kind of, I sort of wrote it out and... Uh, so if you're listening back to the beginning of the podcast, anyway, you know, so the thing I was playing on the pad, you should hear. I think, I mean, I might be wrong, but um, it's a, it's a new thing to me. But I'm just sharing it with you today. You should hear cascara. You should hear a rim sound and then a pad sound. You know, there's this, there's the pad sound, and then there was a rim sound. So those two sounds, um, and you should be able to hear like a cascara one beat before the other. Cascara. I think it I think it was correct some of it. But um yeah, there was that and there was two other exercises he gave me today. One was a beautiful um thing with uh, rumba clave. Uh, and that's something that I kinda got down and it's got a bass drum thing in it which I've I really, really wanna kinda get get kind of into and get really nailed uh, in my playing, you know, cause, um I've been working quite hard on the bass drum this last eight months. Since sitting lower and practicing some coordination, yeah, it's been um, it's been really really positive time. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start lessons. Um, so this is sort of second part of this of like what's on your stand. So the question is, yeah. Anyway, that was what the the podcast is about. What's on your music stand today? You know, uh, have a think about that while I sip my coffee. What are you practising? Or is there something on there that has been sat on there for a while that you're looking at and you're not practising because you're like, oh, yeah. It's going to be a nightmare, you know. Um, And it's not going to be a nightmare. There's a great phrase that um, someone said to me recently, a person I had a lesson with. It was a wonderful phrase, and he said, it's just new to you. And that's it. And this is back to this thing I talked about in the last episode about being a beginner again. Every time you try, start something new. Um, Now, of course, we're not beginners. None of us. Once we've played and we have experience, we're not beginning, you know. Um, But a new exercise with a new challenge that is something that is new to us. And there's the phrase we're at the beginning of it, aren't we? You know, we're at the beginning of what it is. So it makes us feel like a beginner, but we're not a beginner. Uh, But I find something quite joyous in that now, the the thing of sitting down with with just two patterns or three patterns that need to happen at the same time and going like my normal defensive, insecure, you know, defeatist... um, you know, get into background, working class, you know, all that, you know, whatever you want to think about that kind of thing, you know, where you're from and what you feel like your aspirations aren't and what people tell you you can and can't do and all that stuff. Is that what's lurking behind our thoughts when we're looking at the page and someone's saying, yeah, can you play like uh, clave in the left hand, tumbao in the bass drum and cascara with the right hand? That's, that's like a really common coordinational thing that, you know, that at some point all of us drummers... Want to learn to play, you know? And you, <laughs> you can get into a whole like psychological profile of your upbringing w- of how you positively approach that task or negatively approach that task, you know? So, yeah, have a think about what's on your music stand. What have you been practicing? What have you not been practicing that you want to practice? What have you been practising you don't really want to practise and, and, and actually you want to just put aside and get to some stuff that's really meaningful to you, you know. Because um, you should make time for that as well, you know. Uh, the thing for me is more of a, it's a, a I, what I've made time for myself uh, is is this thing of facing stuff that I have not wanted to face, you know. Um, so many many years ago, I was very lucky to go to this a workshop in Birmingham uh, that John Riley was doing, and I went down. Um, I didn't go with some of my students, but some of my, some of my students from college uh, were invited as well. It was a uh, um, Andy Bain, um, one of the drum teachers. there studied with John when he in America. Uh, he's a great player, Andy, um, and. Also, um, Jeremy Price, uh, who runs the jazz course at Birmingham, he kind of we, we did a little bit of a deal, you know, and he was a very generous deal by um, by uh, Jeremy because um, the background of it was that I was at the time doing a master of music and ML's at work, a part time, you know, it was it was just something that was like. Rumbling along in the background, and it was a bit of a nightmare because I had to write stuff, you know. But um, but I got to do three gigs, and I got to get my master of music. took me um, took me how long did it take me? It took. I did it part time, so it was like two years. So I mean, I hardly noticed I was doing it really. But uh, one of the things that uh, I got some money for was to have some lessons, and. At the time, you know, the faculty at college, did, we didn't have a huge uh, faculty in the drum department. We do now. We've got a great faculty now. Um, but at the time, we didn't. We had, a very, we had a very, especially the jazz side of things, we had a very small faculty. So there was nobody within the faculty that I was uh, interested in studying with because um, because they you know, just weren't kind of where my head was at the time. Uh, so we, I went externally and... and I approached three people um, George Rossi, Jorge Rossi, um, Adam Nussbaum, and John Riley. Um, and I got to spend some time with all three of those people. Um, and I learned a lot from all three of them. Um, and I really enjoyed my time with all three of them. The, 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 the George Rossi thing was a bit different because um, there was a bit of an issue with the lesson. He had some guitar came in and we had a bit of a problem doing what we originally planned, so we just met. And I had a, I had a great, spent a great day with him, really, really interesting guy, very, very funny. I liked him a lot. And I, met, and I got to hear him play that day. And I hadn't heard him play for a long time. And He's a wonderful musician, really amazing drummer. Is a real... You know, and anyway, we had a very, very interesting conversation, which <clears throat> was really, really. I was really blessed to um, to kind of share that time with him. And then Adam came to my house because he was on tour with um, this band called the Impossible Gentleman, which he's been part of. I don't know whether that band still exists anymore because Simcock Simcock um, was one member of that quartet. He's now uh, he's doing a lot with Pat Metheny, so i think that's quite taken up quite a lot of his time or it certainly was before the covid uh pandemic and uh but i'd met adam a few times anyway um and I, I like adam he's a he's a he's a full-on guy a real passionate guy and a very nice guy and so i anyway i wanted to have a lesson with him because i think he's got a beautiful um the way he plays the ride symbol and he's, the way he plays time i think it's uh something very interesting about it, something very mystical. And I got to spend some time with him and talk to him about that, and I got to talk to him about playing brushes. I think he's one of the best, I've said this before, I think in one of the previous podcasts about brushes, he's, in my opinion, one of the greatest brush players alive. Uh, Massively underrated by those that don't know, and absolutely highly rated by people that do. Uh, And he's got such an emotional... Thing with the brushes, the way, the way, how deep he gets into the sound, the feel, and the groove is something really remarkable. And um, so, anyway, yeah. And then the, the 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 third the third person was John Riley, and so I went down to Birmingham um and I took some students to go and watch his workshop. Uh, and it was a great workshop, really good. Art, and I managed to record it, uh, and I've still got a recording of it, and I've listened to it a lot. Um, there was so much information in that workshop and um john's like ability to demonstrate stuff um this is this is the real this was the thing that really blew me away you know um was that you know I, i was teaching a lot of the stuff he was talking about and still do um And I teach it well, you know, I'm very clear and I get students to think about their sound first, you know, and and all that stuff and and playing from a, a, you know, good physics perspective and a good coordinational perspective and all that stuff. I believe I'm very good at teaching that. But the thing about John is his ability to demonstrate it on such a high level in so many different ways, the, the different... The, the you know that's the the ted reed thing the concept of behind the, you know those syncopation set two exercises and then all those different ways of approaching those exercises and there was some new stuff in that anyway some new stuff in that workshop that i'd never thought about uh, one was to do with playing funk and i practiced that and it was funny i, I really freaked out about that i thought i was going to be so complicated And I practiced it quite recently because I just not got around to doing it, and I've been thinking about. And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, quite fancied," uh, you know. And I've been doing quite a bit of work on the bass drum and coordination. So I thought actually it's quite maybe a good time to have a go at that and maybe reconcile that little bit in my head. And the thing that I was really amazed by um, was I got it very quickly, and I was able to play this stuff and sound pretty much like myself. You know, I felt like there was again a level of uh, um, unconscious competence going on there. You know, so. The other thing was all the Latin stuff. And he really went deeply into this, um, into um, different patterns in the feet, the closed, closed, open thing, and the hi hat, playing clave, in the hi hat, chat, 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 you know, all that stuff. And the left foot clave thing is something I have wanted to get down, and I'm feeling like I'm getting close now to starting with that it's my it's my next thing if i if i was to you know say i've got a goal next year and 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 to be here in 12 months time in fact in fact i'll make a commitment now we're on monday the 21st of december the whatever the closest podcast i uh, make uh, to this time next year i will demonstrate left foot clave to you with with some patterns in the hands um, and probably maybe Bombo Beat or tumbao or something in the or whatever you know whatever uh, I'm getting very close to it now uh, in relation to the starting point because I'm practising a couple of exercises at the moment that are definitely leading down that thing and something that Sergio gave me today again it's all pointing towards that thing and all the stuff I've got from the John Riley workshop is all all the information is there he was so clear not only in his explanation, but again, this thing of this this demonstration of it, you know. Um, yeah, and I was, anyway, so I've said this before, I was so super impressed with him. And then I had a lesson with him, and I and I just thought he was an extremely nice guy, you know. Um, underneath, you know, all the brilliance of him, and, and the, the whole history of the art of bop drumming, and beyond bop drumming, you know, those books, which are, you know, they're works of art in the history of drum education in in, in the world. You know, there's, it's an whatever whatever happens, those books uh, are going to be etched. You know, in in um, in the study of, of of the drum set and that music. You know, um, but anyway, I was yeah, extremely impressed. And then I, re- I just thought he was a really, really nice guy. in the lesson I just really liked the way he taught and the way he talked and the positivity, you know, and uh, just that thing of having lots of information and just being able to say to you this thing, that thing, this thing. Oh, there, yeah, have a have a go at that. What about this? Bubbly, bubbly, bump. All these different things. So, so I'm just trying to finish my coffee because it it's um, I don't want it to go cold because it's very cold. Uh, so yeah Um, so yeah what else is on the music stand so on the music stand um, there's yeah the the other two sides of this thing so one of them is is actually something from him that I found online uh, and it's this this thing of practicing swing time with two different ostinatos in the bass drum um and i've been practicing that a lot uh, i spent quite a lot of time a couple of years ago working on that and i kind of stopped practicing it and then i've really come back to it because i had this thing of wanting to be able to play ted reed exercise one um in the left hand because i'd done uh, all all my comping patterns, my coordination left-hand patterns that i practice, and that they do all the bass drumming and hi-hat with swing time, I came back to them all with this new bass drum pattern. So you, you go from playing in 4-4 four, four, into essentially playing in 3 in a different pulse by changing the bass drum from feathering on, on, the, on each crotchet at the bar, each quarter note of the bar, to go into this samba feel which is uh accent where well, it's kind of grouped in each group of four triplet quavers. so so anyway that's the underlying thing um so I've been practicing that a lot and got really to to quite a nice place with that. Uh, well, where I thought anyway, <laughs> and then one of my uh, ambitions was to uh, was to do the whole of exercise. Well, the f- the first four lines really of exercise one, and the first four lines of exercise two from Ted Reed. So, so that's been um, something that I've been just starting to work on. But I've been working on it with this polyrhythmic metronome thing. So if you you know, I did an episode on. Um, time metronome and drumometer and stuff a while ago and who's not listened to that episode you might want to go back to it because i explained that whole concept in that it's not very complicated it's just that i basically when i practice swing stuff once i've got the basic coordination down and i'm starting to work on the refinement the metronome goes from uh a, a pulse based within the the, the, the division of the f- f- four four or, or you know the four crotches either on or off the beat to a pulse which is on, which is three over four in triplet quavers so it's on and I w- I put it now this is this is a recent thing I don't know if I discussed this in the um, in the episode but what I've recently done is the the uh, so the pulse will land on a triplet quaver on the beat. It lands next on a middle triplet quaver because it's four quaver, triplet quavers later. And then it'll land on the last triplet quaver. So you get this one, two, three, four. Ga, It's that same thing again. good, It's the same concept. So... um. I've been practicing that, but the one that lands together is on beat two. So it's one, dead, get, gang, dead, get, get, one, to get, gang, dead, get, get, two, three, four, one, two, yeah, four, dead, get, get. Because what you've got then is you've got a nice middle triplet quaver on beat three, which really helps beat three, I think, to sort of feel buoyant it's quite a hard beat beat three in swing music I think anybody will tell you that you know it can be very very square beat if you're if it's not happening um and then the next you know once you you know you've got this kind of thing on two you know, on two on to beat two so you've got this kind of propulsion to beat two you've got this middle triplet quaver of three and then you've got the push the swing beat of four which is where really. You know one one two three four bang, a swing should you know you should sort of feel it on the and of four really as just a sort of general thing counting in swing music, so the metronome lands there um, and so i've kind of that's been my new polyrhythmic metronome thing, and um and what I noticed when I was practising this uh, feathered bass drum in four to this samba bass drum thing in three, in inverted commas, as in putting the, the triplet quavers in groups of four, was that I was rushing, which, you know, I always rush, especially in the bass drum. Anything that's tense in the bass drum, ah, it's always rushing. It's never dragging. It's always rushing. Even even when things are apprehensive, they're always rushing. But anyway, I noticed that I was rushing. So I would, instead of moving ahead with doing this Ted Reed thing, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to stop now and really get this rushing thing under control, you know. And so a couple of days ago, I came back to practising it and spent yeah, sort of half a day um, just on where I was kind of up to with the sort of uh, the comp- comp- conscious competence. I, you know, I do treat a lot of what I uh, play... When I'm practicing, um, I kind of deal. Think I deal with things on a, a conscious competence level. Eventually, you know. So, like today, when I started this exercise with Sergio, it was it was it was complete incompetence. Just you know, um, and being mas- massively conscious of that, you know. So, and it's just that thing of going. Um, I'm never unconsciously incompetent. That's not the case. I'm not oblivious, you know. I'm uh, aware of the problem. So I always consider I'm starting from a place of conscious incompetence. And then I move to the place of conscious competence, you know. And the hope is if you spend enough time with it and work on it and get it in, get it, you know, get it in there, that at some point it will appear of its own accord when I'm playing, uh, which was what I was having glimpses of last week when I was playing this groove and there was different things starting to go on which I'd not heard myself play before, you know. So, so yeah, so I spent a lot of time over you know, the, the weekend in this sort of conscious competence thing with uh, with the stuff that I could play, you know, with this, with this metronome. And I noticed that I was, um, after practising these coordination things at the end of, of the week and then getting into this, recording this thing, uh, when I went back to this pattern that I was rushing on the week before, um this Saturday, uh or was it Sunday? This weekend anyway. Uh well it may have been yesterday actually. No, it was Saturday. I noticed I wasn't rushing anymore. I was more in the pocket. I'd kind of I'd really yeah, yeah, got kind of you know, got got it kind of nailed. Um and then I tried to move the metronome back a triplet quaver, and it's found it really hard for some reason. So that's kind of the next thing. So the Ted Reed thing is going to take a bit of a back seat until I kind of got that down, because I feel like if I'm moving ahead and not dealing, you know, with the rushing thing in the feet, making sure the, the feet are staying really solid, and I'm going to be, you know, going to be in some problems. Um, so there's. That's been kind of going on, and then and then the, some of the stuff I got in the lesson, which is all stuff which is left f- uh, hand right foot coordination things in in swing time, um, and some right hand stuff as well, because we went back to something that I'd uh, discussed, which was from this samba bass drum thing uh, in in the uh, you know the sort of illusion of three, um, and. Yeah, just made some, you know, some more discoveries about where there are coordinational rubs, you know. And I, I think I've, uh, I've sort of mentioned this phrase before. It's that it's finding the difficult corners of things, you know. Um, because it, it feels to me like there are sort of two stages of, of kind of practice in relation to. You, if we just practice uh, repetitive exercises, like for instance, so uh, trying to be clear here, if I go to a, a left-hand coordination chart, which is just each line, which is this is the this is where I begin with most young jazz drummers. You know, getting into playing jazz and they're, they're just trying to get a sound together for a start and it's really all it's all focused on a balance of sound it's not it's, it is about coordination but it's not just about pattern coordination it's about sound coordination you know and that's something that i'm actually very good at even when i'm not when i'm struggling with the actual <laughs> pattern coordination the sound coordination i'm, I'm able to coordinate myself in, in relation to sound it's the time and the patterns that suffer you know but you know that's just a job of work um but yeah, when I'm starting out and uh you have you know, each line has a repeated pattern on it. So that you know you might be playing like a I don't know, like an example swing time thing, you know, and the left hand's just playing crotches. And then You know, etc. etc. That's my chart. I got it off Dave Hasselman. That's it? what I teach. It's a very similar chart, It's slightly differently arranged, but it's the same thing. It just goes through all the different triplet parts of the triplet that the left hand can play, and they're all based around uh, most of them, sorry, are based around one beat of the bar, but some go over two beats of the bar um, because they're there, uh, and there's there's one. Um, some at the bottom which go over the whole bar but they're just groupings of two with and then with two quaver rests. The West African kind of vibe. Um, but it's great to get those patterns down. Um, what I try and get people to do very, very quickly is move on from that because what you get stuck in... He's getting very good at that kind of action plan oh yeah i can play offbeat triplet waivers yeah beautiful I can play it all day long but there's no flexibility in that you know we, the muscle memory is literally that action plan of playing offbeat triplet quavers on all four beats of the bar you know so if you like go like go to uh, Riley's book the art of doctor john Riley's book you know go to the comp the comping exercises comping one two three and four comping four uh, uh, they're really challenging they're really good exercises and there's a there's a real progression about those exercises because what you get into by four is this is big flexibility you know between the left hand and the right foot i mean it's not dealing with the left foot but you you can substitute all those exercises for the left foot you can do anything be creative in that way whenever you want to be you know but the first thing is to sort of try and get into this thing of of exploring where are the difficult corners, you know, within that type of plane. So, in that type of plane, you've got um, triplet quavers. Um, and, we, and we're just talking about this in a very basic form, by the way. I'm not even getting into any of the divisions, you know, the semi quaver, triplet, what have you. Um, well, yeah, triplet quavers. Um, and what I notice is there are certain difficult corners for me when I'm playing um, triplet patterns between the left hand and the right foot. And the ones that I find really hard are when you you, you do alternating and then you do doubles or pairs, Um and it's having that control, you know, sh- shifting from going to keto keto to keto keto to keto keto to keto keto keto. That thing itself is not, is not hard. No, that's not hard. Is not, it's not as hard as it used to be. Moving it around through the bar is getting easier. But as soon as you start to string those phrases together, that's when I find the difficult corners, you know, and uh, and there's there's a real workout for the right foot, but it's also just that thing of being able to really play the left hand and the right foot where they need to be played in the triplet, really in time, you know. So um, yeah, I've got I've got three different things on the music stand at the moment, which are dealing with that. Uh, and one of them's an amazing thing which i never even never even thought about practicing this and it's the it's stick control uh it's the first column and it's using those patterns between left hand and the right foot in swing time um so yeah you can kind of work it out for yourself if you can work that out for yourself you can practice it. If you can't work it out for yourself then um, There'll be a time when you can. <laughs> but I'm not going to go into it too deeply now, um, but yeah, that those those patterns, um, they just the fundamentals of them is really really interesting uh, thing to practice. Just to, again, just to kind of get that cognitive thing working between your right foot and your left hand, and then I got some quite complicated. Um, triplet things that are all those different kind of patterns I was singing before uh, they are all constant you know and the thing about constant playing uh, when you're practicing stuff like that is you, you know you're building muscle memory but you're just also just building stamina you know it's just that thing of being able to kind of so I'm going to play this 20 times or I'm going to play this, you know, for 10, for two minutes or whatever, you know, whatever parameters what you want to set yourself. Because um, I think the idea behind it is that in any tune at any one time, one needs to play, you know, a certain thing for not that long. Uh but it's why we practice fundamental grooves, you know. Whatever style of music we're into, we we should all have a good core groove within that style of music that we play, you know. Um, that's why swing's hard, actually, because you know there's a there's an era playing thing. You know, swing, swing in different eras of jazz has. Has different uh, sounds and different requirements. Like the way the way in which you open the hi hat, you know, in certain era playing is different. Uh, I always go for the da the the early open on the skip beat, but some styles it wants to be it's very, it wants to be quite square, you know. It's just because certain styles need you to play in that way. Some but the hi hat barely closes. It's just like it's kind of sort of thing. <laughs> and then, you know, my 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 personal preference is this sort of is the open on the skip. Um, so I, I tend to just I just tend to close the hi hat on the two and the four. Excuse me. Yeah, I just close the hi hat just on the two and the four. And then open it the rest of the time, essentially. That's the way I approach it. And that's my kind of preferred... And I think all the swing music that I play sits within that era <laughs> of, of the hi needing to be played like that, you know. Um, so, but yeah, that's the thing that's, you know, that's hard about playing swing music. Uh, well, it's hard about playing any music. You, you get into different styles of rock and stuff, you know. it's It's a different vibe if you get into different... Uh, styles of soul or funk or whatever—it's a different thing. Um, but with jazz, you know, you've really got to kind of—if you're playing—if you're playing the standards, you know, you're playing—you're uh, playing sort of pickup gig jazz music, and you're playing from the real book. Yeah, you know, you've got like a, a whole quite complex picture of things going on there, you know, because you might be playing Rhythm Changes. And then you might be playing the blues, you know. And then you're playing songbook tunes, the way you look tonight or something, all the things you are, you know. And then you're playing bossa nova. Um, then you're playing Latin jazz. When you're like, what the hell hell's Latin jazz, you know. Different than samba, you know. Now we're playing samba. Yeah, it's a jazz samba. You know all these different things, all these styles that require you to have prior knowledge and experience, and, and and something to you know to actually play. The fund I'm talking about the core here, the core thing. You know. So, yeah, we all have a we all have a should have a core understanding of of the ideas of what of what we're doing. You know. Yeah, within that, and then from that, we um, you know we expand and we we develop ourselves so um so yeah that's kind of been yeah it's been like a poof, it's been a full-on week or so um well it's been a full-on few months to be honest with you but um, in relation to practice it's been yeah it's been a very very full-on time and uh and like I was saying before, I really am. I'm trying to keep my mind and my imagination. I'm just trying to keep it on task, you know, trying to have a word with myself every day and just just keep things on task, come to the tasks that I'm doing, practice them at the right speed. You know, I I practice things quite slowly Um I really got a lot better at not wasting time um, trying to practice things in a hurry, you know. Uh, It's my own advice I give to students. I say you're not in any hurry to get anywhere other than do it correctly, you know. I say it all the time. Now, you know, my students have deadlines, so it's... um, you know, they do have to get stuff together by a certain time because it's just they're they're in they're in a programme, you know. So there's a there's a requirement to get into that program, do the job of work and get out of that program and get on with your life, you know. Um I don't I don't have those problems, but now I've I've you know, I've made a sort of I've made a commitment of accountability. Um I I made one today to Sergio. I said by next week I will play him the things that he has um given me today whether i'll play them you know amazingly well is not is not you know, i'm not that bothered i'm just in you know in the in the uh, in the headspace of i mean no hurry but to do them just to do them correctly so whatever speed i'll play them at uh but actually the, th- the three things that you gave me today I-, I can play all three of them actually um not unconsciously competently but kind of consciously slightly incompetent and maybe consciously slightly competent. <laughs> but I can definitely, you know, I don't feel I don't feel like I've got a hill to climb with any of them. Um, the big ones on the uh, and, and the stuff that I got from my lesson, I really got on top of that actually quite quickly, uh, and I'm quite happy with how it's progressing. I don't plan to have another lesson until. Um, yeah. I think it's sometime in January, you know, which is maybe in two weeks' time, maybe three weeks' time. Uh, And I and I just said I'd only come back. uh, It was going to be regular, but it wasn't going to be you know weekly or something. It'd be monthly was my hope, but just because of Christmas, it wasn't going to work out. I would ideally I'd be having a lesson next week, really, and I'd be ready for it because I've worked, you know, I've worked on the stuff as much as um, as I've been able to and got to a level where I'm, I'm reasonably pleased and I could play the stuff, which I couldn't do in the lesson when, when I was given the stuff, you know. Um, so there's definitely progress there. And it's stuff that I'll be practising for a long time. and It's not stuff I'm going to stop doing. Um, but yeah, and then, and then, you know, and then, the, but there is a thing, the Latin, Ted Reed Latin stuff, which all comes back to this left foot clave thing, which has been on the horizon for a while, you know, um I taught a guy at college two or three years ago uh, quite a talented chap plays a lot of different instruments um and a good drummer you know uh, good lots of different styles and he kind of got he got this left foot clave thing down he not quite got the fluidity um with it uh, by the t- by the last time I heard him play because it's that thing you you check in with somebody through the through the year you know i mean you're essentially teaching somebody. You start late September and you go all the way through to May with them, you know. Um, we kind of break up in June. That's when our academic year finishes. Most universities are like that, HE, you know. And then students have this kind of time, this bit of a void, where they hopefully have enough information and they understand it and can remember it with to go away and do the self-studying thing for four months, you know. And spend uh, the summer months, June, July, August, essentially, Uh, and and, you know quite a lot of September Um, but it's really I I mean you say four months for me realistically it's three because you know they need a holiday at the end of the year in my opinion you should always have some time off Um, I'm going to have some time off at the end of this week for a week Um, I'm saying it like I don't believe it but I am going to have a week off I um, uh, don't feel like it at the moment. I feel like I'm hitting the ground running a bit, but I think it'd be good to just to have a bit of time off. I've got little projects. Uh, bought myself a a two stroke motor, which I want to take to pieces and rebuild. That's one of my little Christmas. That was my little Christmas project. It's a thirty two pound two stroke motor. Um, it's got everything. Except um, it's not got the um, it's not got you know petrol tank and stuff like that, but it's got you know it's got a pull start, it's got a spark plug, just needs some fuel. Uh, well, I need some two stroke fuel, which is fuel uh, and oil mixed, isn't it? Don't know a lot about it. I just know they're very smoky, and four strokes a better idea. But the the, the four stroke motor will be the next thing I'll buy, and I'll strip, and I'll rebuild, and then might I might build. Something that it powers, then like a bike. Um But this two-stroke's tiny, so I might build a bike out of this. Put it on a bike. Um, it'll probably do twenty-five mile an hour. <laughs> anyway, uh, next episode of the drums and the shells will be from A and E with me um, wrapped around a tree or something from this nightmare. But no, that's so that's one the that's one the the Christmas project is going to be, yeah i think stripping this motor down rebuilding it that's the main thing is to take it to pieces and rebuild it um because i want to know what's inside it I, to, I know i know what's inside it but i want to i want to take it apart myself and rebuild it all myself and say i built this um even though i've you know basically reverse engineer it and put it back together again but it's still the thing of learning about that stuff um and it's a very, very, you know, it's a very simple engine to start with. You're going to start with anywhere. I, that's what I'd recommend, you know. Personally, that's why I've been recommended um, because it's got everything you need on it, you know. It's a very, very simple design. And, um, yeah, so that's going to be... So there probably won't be... Oh, the, the, the other thing with the podcast is I made a decision, which I've not announced, I need to re-save everything, uh on the um on the podcast site and the, the blurb uh it's going to be a bi-weekly from now on um it just isn't possible to do a weekly thing it was something that uh, was a bit it was you know it was a, it was a lockdown ambition thing i think you know when we got into lockdown and you know and things like at work um when things kind of so when i stopped teaching essentially and was was just doing the other stuff and i had a bit more sort of time in the summer to be uh, just thinking about um the podcast it was kind of easier to do the weekly thing and it was just a thing as well of doing you know i'd asked a few people about doing these interviews and um and they were done i just haven't had a chance to even think about doing any interviews um, there's a load of people I'd like to speak to but I just don't even, I haven't even got around to asking them so that was kind of filling a few gaps um, and there's nothing on the horizon for that at the moment There was there's one person I've asked twice but he doesn't want to do it, I'm going to go back to him again uh, he's not a musician but he's a very very interesting guy he, He's well he is a musician he's, he, but he's a sound engineer um, but he's a very very interesting guy I, I think he's a very talented guy but he won't He, just, he I, I think he's worried about been interviewed i think he's i don't know anyway you know it's one of those things um but i'm going to try and persuade him anyway so and there's a few people i want other people i want to ask um and yeah it's just getting round to doing that and having the time in the headspace and uh, yeah work's been very busy and teaching's been full on and and yeah just spending a lot of time practicing has been full on and you know just sharing stuff about that every week's a bit boring really, but I felt like after a couple of weeks, you know, it's kind of yeah, we could get a bit of space. I was gonna do this last night, uh, but just didn't get didn't get a chance to do it last night. Um we ended up yesterday it was kind of one of those days where um we cleaned our living room properly. Uh and I you know, I did I didn't do we, we we distributed the workload but it was like full on our living room has been um, just a real nightmare for for ages because my partner she's using it for filming um and this new business that she's set up and she uses it for doing these um these kind of zoom classes that she's been doing and stuff and uh, we got the big piano in there the yamaha the c3 um but it's been she's been basically using half of the living room to film and it's just been like chaos, you know. And so we sort of neglected the whole. The room's just been neglected for ages and ages and ages. And um, I've just been my my role in the house for the last you know few months has been keeping the house tidy. But you know, tidy isn't clean, is it? It's a different vibe. So we um, yeah, we spent yesterday. And we weren't, it wasn't a plan thing, we ended up cleaning the living room properly, you know, and it was like curtains down, everything, you know, re- I had to sort out the curtain rails and things like that, and just, you know, and yeah, it was good, it was good to have done it. And then, um, yeah, last night we were both knackered, so we ended up just watching telly, and then I was back at work today, and I've got my last day at work tomorrow, so yeah, so it's all good. But yeah, I'm going to kind of push on with the practice till the end of the week, and then um, Christmas Day... We don't do anything Christmas. Um, it's not um, It's not that important to me. We don't have kids and stuff, so you know none of that's going on. But we'll go to uh, my partner's mum and dad's on um, Boxing Day. That's the one day, the one shared day we've got this year. Sorry for people in London who um, are not going to have that opportunity. It's a real nightmare at the moment. Don't want to go on too much about the old... Um, covid vibe but um yeah strange times still strange times you know but um anyway hope on the horizon and all that stuff but yeah keep positive keep practicing if you can um have a break if you need it i'll definitely definitely recommend that you should always have time off you know i remember uh, i think i've talked about this ages ago when i when i was having lessons with dave when i was 17 hassle um, I was really like um, I was so immature about him saying oh yeah every year uh, tw- oh, I think he said twice a year every year I have two weeks off I remember going what how can you what how can you let you know how can you stop how you've got to be so in it all the time man you've got to be like 100% you know and um, yeah what an idiot you know um, I was and he was completely right and so you know, I try and do that um, twice a year. Um, I, I struggle with two weeks. I find it a bit long, but I think it's something that will. I'll get more into as I get a bit older. But, yeah, a week's good for me. Um, and... Yeah, it's nice to just do some other projects. I mean, not music, just um, some of the bits and bobs. But there is some music stuff I've got to do. You know, uh, this song that I wrote last February, I'm waiting for the the guy to come and put the vocals on it, but I kind of mixed. The rest of the track is mixed, you know, got all the drums are finished and everything on it. And it's sounding really great, the the actual track. Um, And then it needs, I've got all the guide vocals on it that I recorded myself, and they sound horrific but um all these all the ideas are there you know all the harmonies and stuff uh, but I've got a guy who I worked with a long long time ago who's going to come and put the vocals on for me but because of the lockdown we, you know we nearly got it done in the summer and then we just couldn't quite get it to work and then obviously october came and it became complicated it's always been where i live it's been we've not been great since july so yeah but anyway uh, and then he, he was going to do it a couple of weekends ago. he we hurt his leg and stuff. So that's kind of that's going to happen in the new year. Um, but I've got a couple of other th- things as well in, in Logic which I want to work on. Um, and I'm kind of hopeful that I can get this drum take done this week. You know, um, I need a bit of a reset on that. Um, part of me thinks I just need to go back to the simpler thing of what it was, and I don't need to be pushing these new ideas. You know. Uh, just go back to the kind of compositional vibe of what it was so yeah so anyway lots of things on the go but um the main thing i'm looking forward to is uh yeah taking this engine to pieces (laughs) so that's about it really so have a great holiday um there won't be an episode now until the new year so yeah um see you all in 2021 so bye for now